artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. We are Artist Uprising. First song that you heard that made you feel something inside. The Question Live by Mac Miller. Wow. The you live version. Do you remember where you were, when you heard it, and what? Um, I was, I'm a huge fan of Mac. I have him tattooed on my arm. He's a big influence of mine. I love that. Um, and I was just, I, it was 2018. Um, I was in college, and I was really struggling. Really, really struggling. Right. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with life. Yeah. You know, the pressures of society like had me in my feels. I was really stressed. My friends like seemed to know what they were doing. Yeah. On the other end, I was like failing my classes and like really flunking and I wasn't me. I wasn't happy. And so I remember I got in my car. I had this like beat up Hyundai. Like it was like a old blue and I love that car. Right. But I was driving down the road of like my college campus. There's like a little shopping center. And I had my music up all the way because I was like, I just need to go. I think I was with my friends and I was like, I got to go. Got to go. I'm not mentally capable of like being me right now around right. you guys. And they were like, hell yeah, go do your thing. And so I drove myself. It was like one in the morning. And I was driving and, and it came on. I was listening to Mac on repeat. It was like Mac radio on Spotify. Right. And it just came on, but it was the live version. And I was driving and I pulled over. I just sat there and I cried because I imagined him, you know, I imagined him feeling the way I was feeling, but then he finally just kind of let go and like let life take him instead of him trying to take life. Like, it's, and you're saying that as far as like what the lyrics are the saying lyrics. in the song. He's like, sometimes I wonder who the I am, F word, like. He, he, he was wondering, like, and then he just, let, he just let go in that whole song, especially the live version. You can even hear his breath, like him just full emotion, full vulnerableness and vulnerability. And so, yeah, and four years later, that's still my favorite song. And I listen to it when I'm feeling happy, sad, you know, any sort of thing. My little sister got me this past Christmas, like a little thing off of TikTok. And it's like a, a little picture of the song and it's on a little frame and it's like the iPod that like has like the play pause button and I cried because no one knows like how why that song means so much to me because I don't share it much yeah but it really touched me the the question Love, well in in that moment in time were you doing music where were you at musically yeah so honestly freshman year of college I I wasn't. I was um, because senior year of high school is when I really like I was a, a softball player. Like, obviously, that's where I wanted. That's what I wanted to do was go to college for softball, you know, be this sports person. And uh, right. my senior year, I met a really good friend, uh, Avery Burke, my homie. Um, and Love she Avery. really taught me how to be creative and really use that, you know, as a form of expression. And so. Um, going into freshman year, I was going through like a really hard breakup and, you know, I was turning to things that I shouldn't have turned to, materialistic things. And I didn't know who I was. I was away from my family. I was away from my friends in a new town. And um, I had done music. I had, but not to my full potential. And I went to a 
a party, and it was like a bunch of girls. Like it was a fun party, and there was a, a guy in the corner. And I was like, who is this guy at an all-girls party? <laughs> yeah. And I started talking to him for hours and hours and hours, and I found out that he was a music manager, and he managed a band called Nightstand Lamps. Right. And he has some friends, Space and Natty, and that's really when it happened. I, I got thrown into playing a Fort Worth show, my first show ever. I was scared. I was so scared. I didn't want to do it, but my girlfriend was like, you've been waiting for something like this. And so that's when that happened. It was my freshman, freshman going into sophomore year was like when everything changed. So it was right in that in between when you met him and then this opportunity presented itself to perform. What do you think gave you the courage to like say, you know what, besides your girlfriend telling you like, right. you should do this. Like what was it that was like the inner voice in you that was like, yeah, do this. I had said multiple prayers, and I had talked to myself multiple times, had nights of just bawling my eyes out of like, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Why do I feel so scared, but I love it so much? And I was like, that's it. I'm so scared, but I love it so much. I love that feeling. So it was like an adrenaline It was like pure adrenaline. Yeah. And still to this day, like five years later, like I'm, I still struggle. You know, like getting on stage, like what are people going to think of me? Like, what if I mess up? What if I have a voice crack? What if I, okay, I will. Something might happen, but at the end of the day, like I'm expressing me and I'm so terrified to do that, that I'm going to do that. Because if I don't, I'm going to be in the same situation I was when I didn't do it. Right. Is there a point like in the show or when you perform where regardless of how nervous or those inner things that you have in your head, I've had those where it just turns off and you're just like, you're in the zone. I always joke about it with space and like the boys, it's like after the first 10 seconds of me singing, it's like it goes away, but that's not necessarily true. I think to be honest, the best part that makes me realize like I am an artist right. is when I look out and I see people, people I know, people I don't know with their eyes closed and they're just listening or they're singing or they're, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, like you are singing my words. Wow. Why am I fearful when I, when I made this and it is impacting someone the way it is? And that's like one of the best feelings is just seeing people really be themselves and be vulnerable in the moment, listening to you be vulnerable. Do you ever get this feeling that, and I know like for people that have this nervous tick in them when they're like, you know, they going on stage and Kind of like what you were saying, do you have this feeling though, like when you get on stage and you start doing your thing, that that, that person doing what you do is really the real you? 100%. Because I remember like being yeah. 12 and I was standing on my bed and my dad had just bought me Guitar Hero. And I was like standing on my bed with my black and white guitar, you know, with the stickers on it. Yeah. And I had a huge mirror and I would just, I, I grew up listening to ACDC. And so I would just blare ACDC and just like go ham on this fake guitar, right? Right. But, you know, when I'm not doing music, I, I have a lot of the times I've noticed I have a facade of like ego, ego, 100% ego, because I want to be as cool as this artist. I want to be as dope as this artist. But I think back to that 12-year-old Carly that was just on the bed, just like just going ham going, for yeah. absolutely no reason. 
And when I get on that stage, I just kind of let go. I don't really think of people looking at me. I think of people kind of looking through me. And it's not like they're looking at Carly. Like they're just looking at their story in another form. And that's what like really inspires me to do what I do. Because even if I'm so scared to death, I'm gonna do it because that's how I feel like I will grow. And if a person is in the in the stands and yeah. and they're feeling vulnerable and this song helps them through something important that they haven't gotten through yet, like that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be uncomfortable so people can learn to be comfortable in their skin. So good. Uncomfortable so people can feel uncomfortable. Um, do, you know, take me back again to that that moment where you came and you played that party. Um, what, how, how, how was it, uh, what were you feeling leading up to it, and what was the after, the aftermath? Oh, bro, I was, I was terrified. I wasn't talking to anyone. Yeah. I was sitting in the corner, my whole family came. I'm pretty sure I was sitting on my mother's lap. Oh, like, wow. mommy, I cannot do this. Wow. Um, but, you know, I, I saw people come in and it was on the corner it was a house on the corner of the fort worth um there was like a a festival like a creative festival art Mm -hmm. art festival yeah and um i really acted like i knew what the hell i was doing i really i tricked myself so hard and i was like i've done this before this is easy easy money i've done i know what i'm doing right and the second i got up there i i didn't have a band i did i lied i had a guitarist and i had a drummer behind me and they were part of nightstand lamps and they were just helping me out. And um, I was singing songs like covers because I didn't have that many singles. I had like three. Right. And um, people just started coming up to the stage, you know, like forming this crowd. And it was friends, you know, family. And then it was people just passing through the festival. That night I had put up my first merch table. I didn't know what I was doing. And I sold out of all my merch. And half the people who bought it, they were just passing through. And so they heard and this is your first first show. And in that moment, I realized like I have done many things in my life materialistic that's made me feel like I'm on top of the world. Right. But this I am so me right now and I have never felt this physically through my entire body. Wow. Of just m- being able to make full eye contact with people and like not breaking. Though it was my first show and you know I wasn't I didn't sound the greatest and I sounded nervous. Like I felt so free. Yeah. Like this needed to happen. Right. Yeah. And so after that, like that show, what follows after that? I said, I got off stage. um, Everyone clapped and cheered. And I was like, I was like geeking. And I look at Solomon. Yeah. And I go, I want you to manage me. Yeah. And I want these boys. I want to be a part of this. Right. And he was like, come on. And that was literally four years ago. And then ever since then, he's still my manager. They're still my boys. Like, it's, it's just been us. And they taught me. Like, after that, I think I just, I went to the studio. And, and I kept going to the studio. And we kept making music. And me and Natty and Space and Bogus and all of us. Like, I was the only girl, you know, who was with all these boys. And it was amazing because they were so authentically themselves as artists and as humans that it made me feel like I'm an artist. I can do this. Right. And they just kind of trained that in my head. And so, yeah, that's, I got off the stage. I want you as my manager. 
I want to be a part of this. Let's do it again. What was the trajectory like as far as from that moment to just going into the space that you got into with Solomon and the guys? Were you in the studio for X amount of time or were you like studio, but then you were like playing shows? Um, I think I was in the studio more than anything. Okay. I, because around this time, like I think I had, I might be wrong, I can't remember, I had either a few months or up to a year before COVID had hit. Yeah. And so we were in the studio writing music, you know, my song Lost in the Summer. I, I wrote that song in the middle of COVID and was still able to take it to the studio. Wow. And Natty in Space like really made it what I wanted it to be because I wrote it on guitar. And so yeah. I spent so much time in the studio because these boys really taught me how to be me yeah. but as an artist. And so I, I think the show that I played after being in the studio for so long was at the Moon Bar in Fort Worth. And they had set that up for me and it was like 10 bucks to get in and so many people showed up. I, I posted about it. And people just came from Austin, came from Oklahoma, like groups of like... Were these friends of yours or people that had heard the music on Spotify yeah. or... People that had heard the music, because I was just as astounded. I was like, you came from where to see me? And they're like, Austin. It was like a group of four girls. And so that show I had about 180. Yo, wait, hold up just a second. <laughs> uh, this... It was... My mind is blown because, yo. Dude, your mind is your, blown? I know, but I mean, what, from that one show, you already had music out already. Yeah, I had music out on platforms, but, but that was the, my. But was it like streaming well or something for this to take place? I mean, was your social media growing? Was that also part of your work that you were putting in because you know the, the game when it yeah. comes to social media, yeah. which we'll talk about. So, I, yeah. I, at this point, I didn't know the game. I was just posting and I was just like, TikTok had came out. My best friend is like famous as crap yeah. on TikTok. Okay. And uh, back when we both found it together, yeah. I was like, can you please use my song in one of your videos? Like I really want to, this is before like TikTok even blew up. Whoa. But she was blowing up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so um, she used my song Sweet Disgrace and in one of her videos and it went trending on TikTok, and then it got up to 200,000 streams and then it, it just kept going up getting followers and followers left it right people just like you know just like wanting more and more and more and more and so that's when i just released lost in the summer and i just kept going and kept going and i haven't released music in a minute because i'm i'm signed but we're working yeah. on it there's I really, it took us so long and I couldn't have done it without Space and Natty. You, you did say you were signed and this is something that just happened, right? Oh, it was because, um, so I had, I had written Lost in the Summer. Right. In March, 2020, my girlfriend and I had gotten this like huge raging argument because we were together nonstop 24 seven for yeah. so long. Right. And she went to bed, pissed. You're never supposed to let him go to bed asleep, <laughs> mad, upset. Right. Right. Um, and I went outside with my guitar and it was like two in the morning and there were these Christmas lights just dangling over my pool and it, we were at my family's house because we didn't know what was gonna happen in COVID. Yeah. Um, and I just started playing this, these chords on the guitar. And I don't, I don't know names of chords. I don't know names of anything. I just, I learned by ear. By ear, yeah. Kind of what I know, which is not a lot, but I'm able to write music to it. Okay. And so I started playing this thing and Lost in the Summer was born because I went in this place in my mind where I was like, wow, I really wish we were 
driving along PCH in Malibu right now instead of being stuck in the house because of this terrible thing going on in the world. Like, I took myself to this happy place. And so I, the boys and I, like, they produced it, mixed it, we promoted it, dropped it, and then a few months later, I got a, a DM on Instagram from Blue Check. And I was like, interesting. It was still COVID, like there's not anything that could really go on. Yeah. And it was from this guy named Jacob York. Yeah. And Jacob is a very big influence, especially in uh, 90s hip hop. Okay. And so um, he said, I love your song, Lost in the Summer, Who Can I Talk To? And I was like, I'm terrified, but here's my manager's information. Yeah. And so it took about a year for all of the paperwork to get done, all of everything to get done. And he signed me literally August, this past August. Right. And so ever since then, you know, he's just a, a marketing guru. He just knows, he knows what he's doing. And I appreciate, I appreciate him being in my corner. And we're talking about marketing. And I know that you have your own marketing company as well. Now, how did that get started? And were you always into marketing? Like, like as far as with social media and platforms like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, and that's my brand, I guess, is being honest. Um, but I hated the idea of a nine-five. I dropped out of college. Um, <laughs> my parents, I know, I know, right? Like right. everyone, and I, I dropped out of college. And the one thing my dad said to me, my dad's one of my closest. Like I love him, biggest, yeah. big, huge supporter. Both my parents. My dad was like, "All right, it's time for you to get a real job." And that terrified me because I was like, no, but I want to be creative. Like, I can't, I can't go sit in an office. I can't, I can't be normal. I don't want to do that. I'm just speaking to this guy, I got you. And so I, for months, I struggled so hard. I, I, I was a server. I still am on the weekends. Like, I, I was a server. I was really trying to figure it out because I was an adult now. I dropped out of college. Right. But I wanted to do this music thing so bad because I knew I was on the brink of something. Right. I know there's something there that if I stop now and put all of my efforts towards a job, yeah. I will not succeed how I want to succeed. And so I kept that in my head for so long. And um, I've been, I was just, I was like taking social media to an extreme. Brand deals, um, sponsorships, because that's how you can make money. Right. You know, so on top of serving, I was making these brand deals and I was like, I like this. Was it coming off of, say, like the success of the TikTok posts where people are likely to just be like, yeah, let's talk to this person. And yeah. And a lot of brands, believe it or not, a lot of brands are really wanting to work with micro influencers. A lot of people, they're wanting to find people that are like us that have so much originality about them and vulnerability that they're like, I will send you this product and if you charge, here you go. Because, and at first I was like, I don't wanna charge anyone. I'm not this like, yeah. this like big influencer, but I realized like we are helping each other out, building, I'm building your brand, you sent me the product, like you're helping each other. What do you say for those artists though, like the, the aspiring artists that are watching or listening that are like, I don't have the song that's trending on TikTok. Will these people take a chance on me? You don't have to have a song that's trending. Okay. You don't have to have a song that many people have heard. You don't have to even be known. You just have to have a drive. They'll be able to tell if you have a real drive in your mind for you know, what you want to do in life, your, your business. They'll be able to tell. Or if you're just fronting for an ego. 
Yeah. They're, they're able to tell, and that's the most important thing about, about social media, I think, is it's important to be your authentic self because not enough people are. And if they are, everyone's just now starting to realize that, you know? And I'm happy. I love that. Because people are starting to not care. Right. And that's what drives so much of the... Just posting and the putting, love and, putting stuff out there. Yeah, like who cares? If it feels good to you, do it. Yeah. And other people will resonate or they won't. It right. doesn't matter. Is that some of the advice like you would give to like kids um, that are like, you know, it's got to meet the aesthetic or... You know what I'm you know yeah. what I'm saying like yeah. the look the photo or this and that it's more so I remember I was telling someone this the other day I was like you just got to put your story out there yeah. you got to let people see who you are yeah. I still I still struggle with that I'm going to be honest same I still struggle with like I still struggle with the aesthetic the you know I got to look a certain way so the sound fits but what people have told me is like your sound, like I look at you and then I listen to your sound and it's so different from what I thought. Right. And it's like, good. Yes. Good. Yeah. Because there's... I think often there's something about authenticity nowadays yeah. where people can spot the real from the fakes. Exactly. And, and that's why I think it's important. Like me, like posting, like I was like, crap, this is not getting enough likes. This is not getting enough attention. I'm going to take it down. But there's a guy I watch on TikTok, and I'm going to shout him out. His name's JT Barnett. Okay. He's, like, around our age. He was, like, a hockey player or something. Now he's a social media guru, and he lives in L.A. He's amazing. And he said something the other day, and he was, like, in, in this generation and the next generations to come, brands and businesses are not born from an aesthetic. They're born from originality because every brand has already had an aesthetic. There's already, it's already been done. What can you do differently? Because you yourself are going to be the brand, not what you put out. Right. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I took that so deep. Like, I thought about it, like, all night. Like, my girlfriend, like, was like, can you go to sleep? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't. I really can't. And so it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you take that uh, as far as, like, that kind of, like, uh, statement like that? Do you try to, like, put that upon, like, other artists like your friends and whatnot when helping them out or say the brands because with your marketing company is that kind of your approach with them when trying to like help them like get seen and whatnot yeah I feel like a lot of people are focused on getting seen you know and it's not about that it takes I think getting seen right away is cool and all and great but if you have that build up behind it and that struggle and those second thoughts of like this isn't going to work but i'm going to try this and like if you're building up to that success once you hit that yeah it hits so much harder than the overnight like oh my gosh i'm so big because of a viral video or because of something that went you know so when you do build up to that success yeah. there's a story behind it and you can tell those people who look up to you yeah the story as to how you did this it wasn't an overnight thing it wasn't a because I look cool thing. It wasn't a because I was lucky thing. No, yeah. it's, it's about being real and honest and pure and knowing that you have a specific timeline for when things are supposed to work out for you, no matter what. Right. And you just kind of got to let go and just be a good person, work hard, and stay focused. And a lot of people will disagree with me on that, but I think you'll come to find that peace in your mental is a lot better than success. How, how, would you, how important uh, would you say 
keeping your circle, the people that have been with you on the come up, mm-hmm. like how important is that? Because obviously you're signed, you're probably getting other people left and right, new fans, new friends and stuff all approaching you all at one time. And at sometimes I'm sure that can be overwhelming. How do you keep yourself from allowing that to like cloud you yeah. and get in your head or in your way as far as your progression as an artist? Yeah, well, what's funny about me is like, I choose to see the best in people at all times and I usually get screwed. And um, I'm dating someone who's very intuitive. So she, a lot of the times, like warns me of like, hey, just be careful. Right. Don't share your whole entire life with this person you met five minutes ago, mm-hmm. because I tend to do that right. um, because I'm Scorpio and we do that. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know. I, my label has always said to me, and he's such a, he's so tough, but when he's speaking from the heart, it yeah. like hits. Like, it's like, oh, like he told me, he was like, the people you are with now, the people that you started with are the people that you will cheers bottles with. He goes, if you bring anyone else on the team, it's going to be a lot harder because the people you've done this, like you have your manager, you have your producer, you have mix and master, guitar, whole, you have your whole team. Stop looking for outside sources for validation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Same with friends. Same with friends. Like people come in and they could be other artists or they could just be individuals and you never know what that person might say behind closed doors. That's why I, it's taken a while for me to kind of grasp the idea of letting people go who needed to be let go. Yeah. Because even though I know they're not that good for me, I'm still like, it's okay, I want to be around you. Kind of like when you have like a toxic boyfriend or girlfriend and there's like right. five million red flags, but you're like, they're so cute. Like, <laughs> you're gonna, exactly. so that's how I look at it. Like as an example of like, I, I think once, and I'm still learning this, 100%. I think once you let go of those people that had their season of your life, then that next door will open. Until you, until you fully let go of like what you know you need to let go of in the back of your mind, right. that next journey is not going to begin. It's not. And I, I don't know how or why, but it's not. And I've learned that because recently I've, I've let go of many people who didn't put in effort or had different visions that I did. And that's so cool to have a different you know, a different wave. Like I want to be around people who are original for themselves. Right. But if I can't be my best self around you, if we're not our best selves around each other, then it's time to, you know, it's time to go our separate ways. It's time to part. And once I did that, things just felt so much lighter. Like my shoulders and everything felt so much lighter. And I felt like, okay, I just opened a, a door for a new journey. Let's see like what it holds, you know. When you talk about journey and you're saying like that extra weight, with that all being lifted, does that just kind of give you clarity going into like this whole new project, this whole new lane as an artist who signed? Like what does that do for you creatively when it comes to like, I'm in this space, I'm signed, I've got, I've got my crew and I've got my friends. Or like, does it just open up like where you see things different, like you get in the zone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you find yourself in the zone creatively right now musically? Yeah, I think definitely. And even before I got signed, even before any of that, you know, like there's certain people I'd be around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't feel, like I feel cloudy, you know? Like I, I feel like we're, I don't know, I just can't, I can't, I don't know, I can't be me for some reason. And I love being me. 
Right. And so sometimes the universe or God or whatever you believe in will just take that person out. I've had people tell me, like, I can't talk to you anymore. And I never question it. I get sad, but I'm never questioning it because I know that things happen for a reason. Right. And maybe that person needed to be taken out. Like, maybe, like, maybe these people needed to part ways with me before I really went on my journey as an individual, right? So to answer your question, I... I feel like I'm in the zone more than ever as an individual because I finally gained the courage to let go of what is not good for me, what's not watering me, you know? When you're talking, writing this new album or EP, I don't know if it's an EP or an album, um, what things are you touching on and what are you doing sonically? Um, are you staying in the same lane? Are you experimenting and like trying other sounds? Yeah, so I think it took us a long time. It took me a long time. It took the boys to just kind of talk to me and listen to me. Yeah. Not really tell me what to do, yeah. but just listen. And then I like hear myself talk and I'm like, wow, you sound so dumb. Um, <laughs> finding my sound. Right. I've gone from so many genres, like and a touch of EDM to like this Justin Timberlake pop to like, I've done everything and it, it didn't feel right. And we finally have gotten in my lane and I don't even know what we call it. Oh my gosh, space help. It's called like a country, Southern pop, something, Southern indie pop genre yeah. where I write like I'm a country singer, right? but I sing, I'm, it's pop. I'm working on singles right now. Okay. Right? I wanna work on an EP and like, trust me, I cannot sleep at night thinking of already like potentials, but I have a song called What If coming out. It's my next drop. Right. And I wrote the song in 15 minutes with Natty on the couch. And this song is about like, it's literally the first words are what if it's not worth it. Wow. And it's literally, the way I write my music is either I've gone through that, yeah. I'm going through that, or I've never been through that, but I've seen someone I love or care about go through that, you know, type thing. And I wrote it in a sense of like, what if this energy, what if all of the energy I'm putting into you, what if all of the stuff that I'm, that I'm putting into you is not worth it because I'm not receiving it? Like, what if I should just go? But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, because I haven't tried it yet. Like, I don't know what it's like to not wow. be around this toxic energy, like, right? Yeah. It's a lot of like, if you think of it in a relationship way, it's like lust over love, you know? Or a friendship way, like they're, I'm a doormat to them. You know, they're using me or we're not being our best selves. Or even if it's like a family member, bro, like yeah. you love them and you have that love for them, but I do not, I don't know if I can be around you anymore because it's not good for me. So that's what that song's about. And it's super dope and it's dropping soon. I don't so, I can't wait. I'm like all excited about hearing this now. We've you know? performed it a handful of times and people seem to really like it. So you talk about performing. Um, what's 2022 look like for you as far as performing and whatnot? Are you going on tour? Are we doing more shows or what's happening? Oh, gosh. OK. There's a lot. I love it. But I'm trying to think of like what's solidified and yeah. what's up in the air because okay. I don't want to talk about what's up in the uh, well, air. Well, whatever you, your label would allow you to talk about. I'm playing a Jank Festival with Jank Setup. They're okay. a New Orleans bass band. I'm playing that in New Orleans in April. Um, I have potential tours coming up. Potential yeah. dates are just yeah, not yeah, solidified. Yeah. It always happens. You just go roll with the punches yeah. and stuff. There's a lot happening that it's like, 
I need to like slow And you're down. in the studio, you're working on material and whatnot. Yeah. And then on the, the other side, uh, you have your marketing company. Like yeah. how important would you say having that side hustle is while you're also chasing, actively chasing your dreams? I think it's important to work really hard in finding a hustle that's gonna pay your bills and pay your rent and you know your extra money while you're chasing this dream. If that's a nine to five for you, go ham. Yeah. If it's not, really dive into your creativity. What is something, do you write a lot? Do you, do you talk a lot? Do you journal? What do you do? You could yeah. become a publicist. You could work right. for a, you could work for a PR company. Like yeah. what I, it, it took me so long to learn that like I'm still an artist even though I have to work. You know, wow. and that's a lot to say because I feel like not a lot that's of people, selfish, not a lot of people you know? see like, it like that, though. But I was like, I'm you an know? artist. Like, yeah. I don't want to work. I don't want to be normal. But you have to. You got to. You have to. And it's really yeah. comforting to know that you're able to have this a job that you really, really like to to be there to take care of you as a human while you're chasing this dream. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that like what I love doing, social media branding, marketing, um, reels, all of that is what I do for a living. And it just happened. And, and it goes back to really aligning yourself with things that are meant to be in your life and not supposed to be in your life. Yeah. And kind of letting go or letting it in and then it just falls in your lap. You just gotta let it, you can't force it. If there was a, an artist um, who you could say like has influenced you like the most uh, growing up uh, that really got you into like music like who would you say that is and who would you love to collaborate with Stevie Nicks and why if I said if Stevie Nicks Stevie and Mac Nicks. Miller could have a kid it would be me that would be really weird though but it would be me Yo, that is amazing. Because I like dress like him in a sense, but like my personality, my mom, I was always told I'm an old soul, like by school teachers and everything. And so like I really resonate because my mom raised me on like ACDC, Johnny Cash, and Stevie Nicks. That's it. That's it. And so learning about Stevie Nicks, like in the 1960s Woodstock era, I have books, dude, about Woodstock, strictly about Stevie Nicks. And not even like Fleetwood Mac as a whole, yeah. right? But what went on in Stevie's life that got her to where she needed to be? And I resonate you did with her. like a legit deep dive into Hell this yeah. person. And I love that. Of course I did. Yes. Because I, I feel I felt as though I could resonate with her in a way other than I just love her music. I could resonate yeah. with her as a human and the stuff she's gone through, even though it was in the '60s. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's the same shit, just a different generation. Like. And I figured out, like, she went through so much mental turmoil yeah. of, like, anxiety and performing on stage until she literally just did it. Would, you, just, would you say some of the, that Stevie influence uh, has helped you as far as in your growth as a songwriter? Yeah, of course. She's a badass woman. Like, women are badass. Oh, yes. And being able to, like, the boys, like, they taught me how to really break down a song. And I'm still learning. Like, I don't know everything. I always say, I don't know shit about music. <laughs> like, I'm still learning to break you're doing it down. A good, you're doing a pretty good job. Thank you. I feel so like far. none of us really know what we're doing. We're just kind <laughs> of doing, doing a really it. good job, actually. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but no, I, she's just really powerful. And you could tell that she's really powerful and stands for what she believes in. And I was like, I'm going to do that my way. 
even though we're different genres, even though we're different, like I respect the hell out of her. Right. And people love her because she is such a powerhouse for women and for men and for people who just, you know, in the industry. And so through all the shit she's been through, I don't know. And I, now she's come up and who she is. She's a legend. She stayed being herself the whole time. Right. She didn't let any higher influence or higher anything tell her who she is. And that's kind of you in a way, pretty much. Yeah, um, I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing, like I said, you're doing really good. Thank you. Um, so for like our, our viewers and listeners, you know, some aspiring artists that are lost and trying their talents that they've got, like the chops and whatnot, but we live in this different world. And because you come from this side of like marketing and also music, can you like give our listeners kind of an advice, like if they're, they're good at both, mm -hmm. what would you suggest is like that something like it, as far as advice, what would you suggest they do? I suggest you put your head down for six months and you just work. That's it. I suggest you don't tell people, unless it's a team or unless it's people that you want to be a part, I suggest you don't tell people necessarily what's going on because a lot of people can wish negative things upon you, you know, or wish positive things upon you. You don't really know, you know, but like, I think you just keep your head down, really grind for six months, and even longer, or even shorter, you never know, but it's possible. If you really, what I say is, it's all it takes is effort. True effort, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a consistent, you know, thousands of likes, or a consistent, my, my stuff is all over the place, right? But I never let it discourage me, because that 200 people who might have seen it, a few of those people might have been really impacted. Or the 2,000 people, a few hundred might have been impacted. Right. I don't give a shit about likes or comments or anything like I used to. Because that's going to mess with my mental so much, I just focus. And I put it out. Just put it out. Put it out there just and... Just do it. Do your thing. Like the Nike check. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. That's it. If, if our listeners, viewers want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to find you on social media? Yes. Okay. Carly Bearden underscore do i need to spell my name yes okay it's not like the normal carly that's ly it's c-a-r-l-e-y b-e-a-r-d-e-n underscore there's an underscore and i'm the first one that comes up and literally follow me message me like whatever you want to do i i'm there i answer i respond because i appreciate people being vulnerable and asking questions and if i don't know the answer i'll straight up say <laughs> I have no idea. Still trying to figure that out. Um, but I think it's really great for people to connect with each other and ask each other things and pick each other's brains and let them know that like you're not alone. I think that's really important. Um, yeah, you can find me there. TikTok, Carly Bearden. That's, that's where I am. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon. Amazon? Amazon Fine. Music, yeah. <laughs> Pandora. You might have to skip <laughs> a couple, odd. but I'm in there. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Everywhere. But yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for coming through and gracing us with your story thank and you sharing, for me. you know, speaking your truth. Uh, definitely learned a lot, and I'm sure everyone who's watching and listening has as well. And continued success as the year goes forward. I see nothing but. 
bigger and brighter things coming your way. Thank you, King. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.